Welcome to the High at Nine News Hour, where you will hear from cannabis industry experts and professionals from around the country talk about important topics while shining light on global issues and discussing cannabis as it relates to politics, regulation and reform, data and technology, science, research and medicine, family and parenting, art, celebrities and entertainment, fitness, sports, mental health and wellness, and plant-based medicines and entheogenics. Together, we are building a stronger community, fighting the stigma and creating change. With your hosts, Jason Beck and Rico Lamite, joined by special industry expert correspondents from around the country and Daily Antics brought to you by Cannabis. Coming to you live every Monday through Friday at 9 a.m. Pacific time and high noon on the East Coast. And thank you all for getting high at 9 with us. Oh, yeah. Good morning, everybody. That's right. It's Tuesday, February 21st. And today is I'm going to murder this name. So I'm sorry for whoever I offend, but whatever. Fashnat Day. Pack Ziki Day. It's Nash. And I don't understand why they have a Pack Ziki and, and Fashnat Day when it's also National Grain Day. Makes absolutely no sense. It's also Fat Tuesday and whatever else nicole calls it what is it was it called nicole it's carnival tuesday yes that's carnival tuesday yeah <laughs> yes national pancake day too and it's national sticky bun day that's right thank you all for joining us and getting high at nine with us it's also high noon on the east coast and please remember to like, share, and subscribe to us on all social media platforms. You can use that little QR code up in the top left-hand corner of your screen to find where we live on the Internet. And we're live every Monday through Friday on YouTube and audio only on Clubhouse. And if you are joining us in Clubhouse, you can also participate in the show by raising your hand if you have a brief comment on the story most recently presented. Also, too, just a friendly reminder to everyone out there, to all in our live chat, the forum is a place for lively discussion and questions about the headlines, not for personal attacks on correspondence or each other. We pride ourselves on the openness of it and strongly believe in your First Amendment rights. So please don't abuse it. But with that said, we're going to kick it off. That's right. Our first story of the day is by the dope dad himself. That's right, Rico Lamite, who's back from vacation or a staycation, whatever they call them nowadays. Bookation. Yeah, bookation. Bookation. Celebrating his anniversary. That's right. It's your anniversary. Got a little bit of a sickness back with me, too, man. Oh, of course you got, you know, you, of course you got the sickness back with you. I mean, you got kids. That's what happens. Yeah, sh shout out That's to right. all the. They test your immune all the, system. All the all the folks out there struggling with the norovirus. Yeah, whatever, whatever they want to call it. Yeah, I'm, I'm not even touching that with a 10-foot pole. Yeah, keep keep your sickness in your own hood. That's right. It is the dope dad himself, Rico Lamite. What's happening, everybody? Thank you for that uh, beautiful intro, Jason. And um, don't be scared, everybody. The norovirus is here to, to help you, you all get through it tough times all right so uh, my story today is out from um, um coming out from maryland governor westmore set the tone a few weeks ago um by explicitly declaring maryland's adult use cannabis market will be social equity driven critics all said that the devil's going to be in the details we've seen social equity programs nationwide rise and fall because one thing or the other but it was refreshing to hear the words coming from an actual governor at the state level rather than, you know, municipal levels from mayors and city officials where we've been seeing it left and right. Friday afternoon, the state house economic matters meeting committee, um, Moore's constituents began to absorb what would soon be their legal community, uh, legal cannabis reality per the article. No one really complained about the 88 page legalization bill. In fact, most of the witnesses testifying um, had nothing but high praise for the sponsors and their efforts. Some of the adjectives and terms that were described were well thought out, national model, inclusive and equitable. Uh, the scores of people who packed the House Economic Matters Committee room had a few more thoughts about the legislation uh, to regulate legalized cannabis from farm to rolling paper favorable uh, with amendments. Some were worried about the clean air violations. Some pr uh, predicted that it was going to cripple the hemp industry and others warned that children were going to be in search of candy that looked like CBD gummies. And um, 
majority of people just wanted a piece of the action from the money brought in from state tax and the sales. Delegate C.T. Wilson introduced the bill to the Economic Matters Committee that he chairs with these remarks. As I've said more than a couple of times, I'm not here to create a cash cow for the state or just a marketplace for intoxicants. I'm here to make sure that we stock young folks from being arrested and dying because of this substance. We're here to try to, uh, to relegate this so we can have a safe usage, but uh, basically get rid of the black market. He later revised the black market comment and he said, we have to be able to be competitive with the illicit market and to possibly undercut it. When people are asking how he's going to undercut the, um, the illicit market, his response was in the taxes. Um, he said under the, the new legislation, regulation enforcement division would be created within the current Alcohol Tobacco Commission, and they'd be renamed the Alcohol, Tobacco, and Cannabis Commission. All dispensaries will sell both medical and recreational cannabis. Medical marijuana licenses will be covered under the new licensing structure, which he said the, uh, the taxes of the sa- will only be on the sale of cannabis at a rate of 6%. Initially, the same as Maryland's state uh, sales tax. And um, they said it will be on a sliding scale, but it will be capped at 10% at the most by 2028. The sales will be taxed on a consumer level only. Witnesses all seem to praise the, the elements of the social equity in the bill. And it was roundly criticized by others as well. And um, it said that they're going to be establishing a new office of social equity Um for with people from communities that have previously been disproportionately impacted by the war on drugs. Um, he finally said that this is going to be a huge undertaking and a heavy lift, but he just wants to make sure that they get it right. Legal, uh, looking at the lessons learned when we did medical cannabis, we issued 15 licenses and all 15 of those went to white men. So how are we going to ensure that, um, uh, that we're talking about equity and inclusion and getting more minorities uh, to participate in another billion dollar industry coming before the state of Maryland? That's when Wilson answered, we define social equity by zip code for all intents and purposes. If you live in a zip code that had 175% arrests for cannabis use, we would consider that social equity areas. So again, we have to be race neutral, but you know where I'm coming from. You know who was arrested more likely than not because of cannabis use. Not saying we use it all the time, but we sure do get targeted to, uh, for arrests. There'll be tens of thousands of workers in this billion dollar business. Unions are the foundation of building social equity and raising general wealth for work, uh, workers, particularly workers of color. And I wanna point out that every state has legalized cannabis. They have found that the cannabis industry employs 10% more minority workers in the industries in their state. So it's early on in the done a decent job collecting information from other states' triumphs and failures. Um, I'm interested in hearing what everybody else thinks on this one, though. This Rico Lamite, dopest dad on the street. What do you think about this one, Jason? Do you think they're, they're getting the uh, building blocks right when it comes to social equity in Maryland? I, I, I don't think any state is going to do social equity right, in all honesty. I think every single state has failed, and they failed miserably at it. Every single one of them. They're trying to be race neutral from the beginning, and they said that they're going to cap taxes off the jump. Six percent, man. I mean, I'm I'm all for low taxes. I think that's that's the only way that they're going to um, stifle the trap market at all whatsoever um, or even be able to compete with it. But will they do it or will the Democrats take over control and raise the taxes like they love to overtax everything? Time will tell. Um, I mean, they did the same thing in Vegas for social equity. Um, It was determined on whether or not you had an arrest um, or an arrest in your family. So it was not based on race. And they did that because in every other state where they where your social equity was determined by that had anything to do with race, it always went to litigation. So they Mm -hmm. always got sued and it and it it holds up the whole process. What happened in Illinois? Um, and so it's interesting to just to hear them finding different ways to qualify social equity. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm with them on that. I don't think it should be done by race at all. I think it should be done more by zip code or impact that you can demonstrate reasonably demonstrate um, to, to, to the, problem these with, the, the problem with zip codes is gentrification. Uh, well, going back, to yeah, a lot of those neighborhoods said. have been taken over by, by rich well, white people. Well, That's what happened here in they, L.A. But what they say is you have to have been living there for a certain amount of time. Like that's what they right. did. Yeah, but not 
not only that, too, but you also have to have some cases to be able to prove that you're a victim of this. Right. right. Yes. Okay. You are a so, family member. Yes. And so and so I'm, that's why I'm down with it with the zip code thing, because I am a big believer that the reality and the and the fight that we need to be fighting against is economic equality, not not all this extra shit, because poverty doesn't see a color. Well, and I think another issue to look at here with the discussion of this current plan is how Maryland has done so far in their adoption of cannabis, which has been mm -hmm. terrible. Um, frankly, prior to the new governor, uh, the past cool. governors have not been on board. The legislature has not been on board. Uh, since day one, this has not been a good a good market whatsoever. No. Uh, so I see this as a good move for Maryland. I think that Westmore is going to bring some pragmatism to the whole issue. Um, and I think you're going to see cannabis turn around in Maryland, frankly. And I'm looking forward to what he's going to do here. And I do think uh, parts of his plan could be used uh, on a larger basis. So you think Maryland could be a role model, huh? Well, that, only in that and crab cakes. That's about it. That, that I think Maryland should cakes. be a role model in. They got, they got really nice. You know, because the taxes are so high. The taxes are so damn high, in Maryland. They got some real nice roads out there. They got some they real nice roads, roads and medians, and it's, it's very well manicured. <laughs> yeah, the lawns. What do you think about this, Todd? Any thoughts on Maryland? Yeah, well, uh, I definitely like the idea of a six percent tax. That's for sure. Um, right. You know, we all know cannabis is overtaxed, overregulated all around the country, definitely here in uh, Las Vegas. I know it's like that in California. So bad that uh, Newsom has uh, put a stop to taxing, hasn't he? So no. he says, no, he hasn't. So he says, that's that's BS. Oh, yeah, he's just, he's just, it's, 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 it's a card, it's a shell it's, game. It's, 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 it's basically works like this, Todd, is you basically get rid of one tax and then you increase another. Right. right. So, yeah, I, I, I think the tax thing in, in Maryland is good. I think the um, social equity can be good, right? If done properly, um, you know, their claim of eliminating the illicit or black market, I just think is a, it's a, you know, grasp at straws because uh, it's a pipe dream. You know, you're saying, yeah, yeah. You know, anytime there's a sought after product, there's always going to be a black market for it. Um, uh, but that, that, was, that, 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 that was their, that was their, um, the whole point in there, like, like having the super low taxes. Cause they said they want to undercut. I don't think you're ever going to undercut. You can't under, market. you can't undercut you the never. illicit market because it's they're not taxed. Happen. Yeah, there is right. no it's tax. Never gonna happen, you, you, you will he's, never he's saying he wants to actually compete where other states are not competing, and that's where they're failing. Well, I think six per six percent is a much better chance of competing than we're yes. seeing in these other states with 30, yeah. 40 percent on taxes. Right. I mean, I agree with that. Give him a break. You got to do something. Um, right. And yeah. frankly, if you want to fund these social equity programs, you do need some taxes. So hold, hold on. Was there any mention of them funding a social equity program in Maryland? I didn't hear. I didn't catch that part. Yeah, they said they said they're going to have a, a, a. They said they're going to have a general fund. I couldn't get everything. A general be, fund, huh? Yeah, that, that, that means that means they're generally going to be taking funds out of there. That's right. That's right. We'll see, man. We'll yeah, see. Not everybody's sound, New York. Sounds, not everybody's California. It sounds like New York all over again, right there. A general fund. Sounds we like they'll, they'll pay with uh, pay for everything with this general fund, and suddenly the general fund won't be funded. Yeah, <laughs> you know? it will be no more fun in the fund. That's right. Like I said, yeah. we'll see. We'll see. We'll, we'll hold them account to it. But um, I think they are, at least rhetorically, they're off to a much better. How come? How come in these New social Jersey, social equity point. bills? Um, Rico, how come they never include the disabled? And the disabled are really on uh, are the backs that really gut cannabis to where it's at. Because disabled were, I mean, if you if you want to right the the wrongs of the war on drugs, then I mean, the disabled weren't targeted by disabled people are always or, targets. They were not targeted by a bunch of cops like trying to fuck and, people. And yeah, going in jail police. for fucking selling. I've been drugs. harassed by police plenty of times and in, in jailed. I'm just saying, I think just I think it's almost an impossible de definition of who should be impacted by social equity. Everyone's going to have a different opinion. Mm -hmm. And not to mention the disabled were affected by access. Yeah, just saying. Well, they're protected under other bills that is not in the cannabis lane. Oh yeah, are they not? No. Yes, they are. Like they're what? What happened when we? Bills. What happened when we? What happened when we built our website? Who hit you up? 
the decision. Well, there's the American. That's, 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 that's not. That's not. That has nothing to do with. That has nothing to do right. with what we're talking. Let's not about. go down this rabbit hole. Why don't we keep it moving? We got a bunch more stories. That today. is so true, Gretchen. So so true. Run that ad, Adam. Run it, ad. Yeah, go for it, bro. Come on. Yeah. In my intro, in my, what am I going to do? Yeah. What am I going to do? You can introduce whoever you want. You can introduce whoever you want, bro. Come on. We're on a short time frame. If he ain't in Green Street willing and dealing, you might you might see him bagging back and sending that second $100 bill to Gretchen Gailey out in Washington. But until he does that, we're going to we're gonna keep on talking shit because you know what? He is the longest Continuously operating retailer in the game. Coming to the stage next, you know who it is. Jason Beck. Oh, yeah. Oh, man, you guys, do I have a doozy for you guys today? Are you guys ready for this? Because some people are going to get mad. That's right. They are going to get so, so mad as soon. Oh, here we go. That's right. Because there's an illegal NYC weed shop across from City Hall, and it returns after its third raid. That's right. It's been raided three times, you guys. The illegal Apple, the illegal Big Apple shop that smugly operates across the street from City Hall is back in business, even after landing on the Post front page on Sunday and being raided for a third time. That's right. One, two, three fingers. Jungle Boys which operates 278 feet from Mayor Adams' office in a landmark Broadway building that houses city agencies, had its glass counter chock full of dozens of cannabis products Friday, including pre-rolled joints and edibles. In a quote, we're not worried about another raid. If we were worried, we wouldn't be selling this product, a store staffer boasted to the Post. Jungle Boys was slapped with, with, and this is not Jungle Boys in Florida or California. This is a shop operating with the name Jungle Boys, just to be clear to everybody out there. Jungle Boys was slapped with a, roughly a $50,000 in fines by the city sheriff after the agency conducted inspections at the pot shop last week. During that raid, one staffer was arrested for allegedly selling pot to a minor. The latest penalties come on top of having more than $175,000 worth of product seized during previous raids in January and December, um, and it opened in the fall. The landlord of part of the 19th century, century era, former home life insurance company building at 253 Broadway City, and in, in, in quote, City Hall Commons, LLC, insisted its lease with Jungle Boys prohibits illegal activity and said it was unaware it was breaking any laws. The landlord alleges it, he, it would have preferred to rent to another tenant, but it's been difficult to attract others because a city-issued construction scaffold has surrounded the front of the building, um, devaluing it. Uh, for, for most of the past 10 years, the landlord said it will be filing a claim against the city over the matter. And the mayor's office declined to address questions about Jungle Boys peddling weed again. Only three cannabis shops are legally operating in the city of New York, but an estimated 1,400 illegal cannabis shops operate citywide because of lax state laws. Well, that's kind of my story today, you guys. What do you think about someone ripping off Jungle Boy's name and selling weed right outside of City Hall and been raided three times and they just basically saying, fuck y'all, do what y'all want to do, and we're going to be still be here trapping until you come and take us away. What do y'all have to say? This is Jason Beck reporting for the High at Nine News. Mary Adams opened himself up in this kind of shit. so many illegal shops in New York. 1,400, did you say? That, well, that's what the article is quoting, 1,400. I'm pretty sure it's more than that. Man, who has the balls to go get some rent, put up a storefront, and uh, sell illegal weed, you know, in the New middle Yorkers. of the uh, All <laughs> the New Yorkers do because, you, Todd, there's zero enforcement. Dude, if you're making 100 racks a day, come on, man. And, and, and Todd, 
and t- and Todd, understand this. Uh, understand this when it, when it comes to this. When when New York passed its passed its law, they said that that no one should be arrested for 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 a plant, and so therefore go. they they pigeonholed themselves by trying to be uh, social justice warriors at the same time as trying to say, hey, we want to have a regulated market space. And you can't have a regulated market space if you're not willing to take anybody to jail. Well, I don't think that's true. I mean, they've obviously been raided multiple times, so it's not like they're not doing it. It's that the the risk is way... Like the risk is way worth the reward. That's and my point. Is there's no real teeth. There's no real I mean, teeth in any of the enforcement. But wait a second. Wait a second. Let's talk about just any industry in general. The fines are easier for Taco Bell to pay than to use actual real food in their product. They'll pay the fines to the FDA and the government every year to use the shitty quality food they use. So it's like this happens all the time. You know, this is not, not anything new. This is mm-hmm. just this is just a savvy entrepreneur with you know a, a pair, as they say. Yeah, I mean, it could be. There's a no reason for anybody to go legal. There's no. There's a reason for any of these trappers to get a license. There's no. Incentive. I mean, I mean, I mean, it's it's just it's just uh you know it's just showing us the fact that like this is ridiculous and it's all just bullshit, petty tyrants, uh, you know, trying to impose taxes on us individuals, yeah. citizens, and us entrepreneurs. So it's all bullshit. We need to tear down the system. Gretchen, let's get on. This, this very this very well though could be could be like the 90s and sending people to prison and you know whooping people's behinds and but it's not they're trying to Will do be. it more civilly um they're trying to be more uh diplomatic about it which is cool i'd rather i prefer cute. to see that than people being hauled off to jail and but Nicole, that's exactly what they did, though. When Eric Adams was talking all that kumbaya bullshit, he opened up oh, unbroken window policies, which is Rudy Giuliani's stop and frisk era. So all he has to do is flip that switch, and you have all that racial profiling right back to where well, it was. Well, that's what I'm saying. I don't want to see that, and we're not there yet. Thank God. Okay. He's already initiated the policy, though. I think the time is coming where. While New York is doing some raids now, I think they're going to crack down a bit harder. And the way that they're looking at these pop-up shops, frankly, um, is that they are not, that they may scare a bit more easily than others, frankly. uh, And I know you don't believe me, uh, but because if these guys wanted to be in the trap and doing all that stuff for the past years, they would have been. But these 1,400 shops just popped up out of nowhere uh, because they're like, all right, we can finally do this. Things are opening up. We can go for it. I disagree. Really, listen, if they really cared about being out there, they would have been out there a lot sooner uh, in Washington Park and all over the place selling their goods. I think think, they want to try and look legit. And I don't think all these you any of these folks who are going to maybe perhaps try and go legit. New York has already said none of them will get a license. Not, uh, no one cares about a license in New York because right. they have I'm no enforcement. Aware, Jason, back, but I'm saying at one point these people may try and go that route because They're, they are going to crack hold down. On. Hold on, like and, another hundred dollars on this Jason Beck. And to the, and hold, on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. And to and to your point in regards to where these fourteen hundred shops popped up from, I don't believe that these fourteen hundred shops popped up. I believe they were always illegal delivery services, and then they were emboldened by the policies put in place to say, "Hey, let's expand and let's get a storefront." Let's advertise. Right. Now. Yeah, let's advertise. We're already I'm selling saying, illegally. Exactly. We're already trapping. Let's keep it rolling. But we do. We do. Fronts popped up. We do have Steven from the Clubhouse audience. Steven, what do you got to say on this 20 seconds or less? Long live the trap because the trap ain't going to die because you know what? As long as we're trying to overtax it and overregulate it, I mean, just purely simply, it makes zero sense to set out money hand over fist every freaking year uh, and still have zero traction, still have zero um, legitimacy when it comes to the federal government. I mean, I'm, honestly, uh, you're better off trapping. They don't have to pay the yearly taxes. They don't have to pay the yearly freaking fees. They don't have to go through the everything. The sequa, huh? The sequa. The sequa. I did my sequa. It cost me $12,000 to do a sequa on a piece of land that's been occupied for 100 years. You know, this is this is just um, when they when they make the uh, the the bar continually raising um, and for no legitimate reason and treating this industry 
unlike any other industry and holding us to much higher standards, much more freaking loopholes to get through. It is obstruction of commerce at this point. And that's, I'm sorry, illegal on the government's part. So again, no unjust law is any law at all. Fucking long live the trap. Long live the trap. Man, and I just wonder. I just want to just throw this out there. I wonder if Jungle Boys would have any more uh, luck uh, trying to get these guys to take their name down than the city's trying to do to take the store down. Shut up, but, but yeah, but <laughs> but uh, nonetheless, we got to keep it. We got to keep it rolling. Coming up next, she's our very own Washington insider from Panoptic Strategies, right there in Washington D.C. One of our favorite little redheads that's ready to come and rain on everyone's parade and dress her dogs up in fancy little outfits. That's right. It is none other than Gretchen Gailey. Good afternoon. My headline uh, is actually from the Daily Montanan, uh, but it was republished in Marijuana Moment. The headline is Montana governor pushes to shift marijuana revenue away from environmental conservation and towards police. The governor's office is behind a pill uh, heard in the House Committee Thursday that aims to reduce the amount of money going towards the Habitat Montana Conservation Program by eliminating an estimated $8 million to $9 million annually in marijuana revenue and putting it towards police, prosecutors, and correctional officers. The sponsor of House Bill 462, Representative Marta uh, Bertoglio, uh, said she had not consulted any conservation groups about the diversion of funds, but had heard from many in opposition to the bill in the lead up to its initial hearing in the House Appropriations Committee. When she was asked by Representative Emma Kerr Carpenter if she was open to amending the bill so it did not fully cut funding to any one category, she said she was simply carrying the bill and would have to consult with the governor's budget office. Ryan Evans, the governor's assistant budget director, told the committee the bill was aimed at boosting funds for public security, public safety, and public health, and opened the hearing by trying to preempt testimony from the opposition about the historic surplus. Uh, and here's what the bill will do. Uh, Bertoglio's bill would make a host of changes to how Montana's marijuana tax revenue is distributed, including the 20% now dedicated to the Habitat Montana program. First, it would create two new accounts, one for funding of correctional officers and another for a distribution account that could be used to add Montana Highway Patrol officers, fight human trafficking and drugs, and assist county prosecutors with investigations. More important to the bill, according to those who testified and the lawmakers who asked questions in the nearly three-hour hearing, is the changes it makes to how the funds are currently distributed under law passed in 2021. Currently, the first $6 million in marijuana revenue goes to the Healing and Ending Addiction Through Recovery and Treatment account. The bill would change that to 11% of the tax revenue. The bill would eliminate the 20% of the revenue that currently goes to Habitat Montana and redistribute it to both new and existing accounts and programs. Under the bill, 6% of the total funding would go to the account that would fund uh, Montana Highway Patrol and other law enforcement and prosecutors. The bill would increase funding for the veterans and surviving spouses special revenue account from 200,000 currently to 5% of the revenue. It would also provide 1.5% of the revenue respectively to the new account for hiring and retaining corrections officers and another for treatment court support. And it would change the formula for crisis intervention team training funding. A fiscal note from the governor's budget office released shortly before the start of the hearing on the bill details how the bill would change current funding distributions once the Habitat Montana money was reallocated. Montana is projected to receive around $53 million in marijuana tax revenue in fiscal year 2024, which starts in July, and about $2 million more uh, each fiscal year into 2027. The Hart Fund would actually receive a few hundred thousand dollars less under the proposed funding formula for each of the next four fiscal years, according to the analysis though Bertoglio said in committee that formula would lead to an increase. The Department of Justice would see around $3 million more annually, while the 12% of funding that currently goes to FWP state parks, trails, and recreation efforts would see an increase of about $240,000. The veterans account would see a little more than $2 million more each year, up from just $200,000 annually, while the crime patrol portion would see around $50,000 less each year for an allocation of around $100,000. The accounts for correctional hearing 
uh, con correctional officer hiring and retention would see a boost of about 700,000 each year, while the general fund would receive another 1.5 million to 2 million each fiscal year for the next four, according to their analysis. Um, there is going to be a lot of heartache coming from the conservation groups on this new uh, proposed funding um, for basically their whole justice system in Montana. Um, according to the governor, uh, this is much needed change. Um, I've never been to Montana. I'm sure it does need a lot of in, uh, resources for environmental impact. Um, I think it's interesting that they're going so far to the right um, on dumping uh, their money that they would put into their environmental resources. Uh, but we shall see how this all uh, turns out. Discretion for Hyatt 9 News. This sounds crazy. This is crazy. Yeah, I find it interesting that all of this money is going to the number one opposition to uh, legalizing marijuana, which is law enforcement. You know, I'd say it, that's the number two, Todd. I'd say that's the num number two because I'd say number one is the pharmaceutical industry. That's just my opinion, um, I though. Think, yeah, uh, I, I think the stats show that it is the uh, law enforcement. And as far as pharma goes, you know, over time, they're going to take it over anyway, right? When national uh, or federal legalization actually happens. Well, if Joe you know, Biden gets his way. Well, they have, they yeah, have a third well, of, they have a third of in the charge. Yeah, they have a third well, of the and, and the already. church is somewhere up there on that list uh, in opposition, in form of opposition. Um, and the I'm sure they around. get a not, not the Mormon church, though. Otherwise, you wouldn't have any marijuana in Nevada. The church will come <laughs> around once they figure out how to get their tithes. All right, I'm not yeah, worried about the, the church. But for... to answer Mandy's question, does Montana need more police? According to them, they are drowning and need a lot more help, and they need help uh, dealing with drug attack activity in the state, is according to them. They cannot retain officers. All those <laughs> meth chemists out there, you know. They, uh, you know maybe, maybe the maybe the state needs to uh, implement some of uh, Governor DeSantis' protocols for law enforcement to help attract law enforcement there, instead of trying to use all the weed tax money to pay for them. I think they should privatize police in Montana. Just, just come out with like bounty hunter system. Just like, just like have them out there on the great open road, riding the trail. Yeah, yes. so like no brown or black person could ever go back to Montana ever again. That's right. That's right. <laughs> that's right. Isn't that, where Isn't where Kanye was living? I want to mention one. Yeah, that's thing. Wyoming. Okay. I think I think the thing is like what people don't realize Montana grew like in the past few years. I don't know about last year, but I know the previous year, um, 2021-22, they grew like the third most cannabis in the in the United States. They were the state with they grew the third most like really amount again. Yeah. Montana is like crazy because there's so much farmland, right? And so yes, when they went legal, and I know they they started with hemp, right? So I knew yep, a couple. They did. There. So I mean, you know, you have you have you have not a lot of population. You have these huge grows, right? And then you have like migrant workers coming in there to do the processing and stuff like that. So they have a lot of just kind of like it's just a product of what's happening there. It's the, it's the people that are coming there. There's they're migrating there to the cities or whatever. They don't have the infrastructure to support them. Obviously there's a lot of drug use in, in a lot of these, um, in a lot of these scenes. And like, that's just, that's just what it is. So I see, I can see how, how they're, they're thinking about it, but at the same token, it's like, you know, Montana has how many people living there? Like they just don't have the, you know, per capita numbers to like, get more law enforcement otherwise. Well, and to, but to put this all into perspective, the story goes into a bit more. When the highway patrol says they're getting more money, they want to use that money to hire just five new state troopers. Five officers is all that money is going to. They're expensive. Um, Cops are expensive. And they say that the dramatic drug increase, this is for Mandy, who wants a definition of uh, drug activity, is they said they've seen a tenfold rise in seizures of fentanyl. Fentanyl is their main concern, and they are seeing cartel activity where they're saying they're outmanned, outgunned, and outsourced. Is that's because of our, because of our border is, problem. Yeah, and weed is not profitable for cartels, but it's pretty interesting that you said that, Saman. Um, you can go on their actual website, a Montana Revenue Rev website, and it is cheap to cultivate, to get a cultivation license in Montana. You can have about two, yeah, 250 square feet is a thousand, and then it goes all the way up to um, um, 50,000 square feet is only $37,000. That's like the, the biggest tier that they have. Anybody can go out there and afford to actually set up a canopy and grow. 
Interesting. Uh, J- J- Justin saying that Montana has 432 police per 100,000 residents and Alaska has 602 per 100,000 res- residents. I think that's an interesting fact right there. Well, so, and not that I hate the environmentalists, however, um, <laughs> isn't isn't a great deal of Montana's natural resources protected more by national parks? And so the feds are covering it anyway. Yes, I mean, that's how true. How much money has to come from yes, the state? That's true. And, yeah. I mean, did, did Trump not tear that bar, tear that apart too? Trump did not tear that apart, bro. If anything, he, he did. He took all the funding away from me. Uh, he made it. He made it better. Go ahead and drill stop here. It. Drill where you want to drill here. Oh, no, stop it! Stop it! Stop! Drill, baby, drill. We need that oil. Yeah. Oh yeah, that's right. Yep. Oh man, we got to keep it moving. Run that commercial, Adam. Thoughts, opinions, and, and shade, general shade thrown on Hyatt 9 News are those of individual speakers and not those of any other speaker or its followers. The statements made do not constitute legal or accounting advice, and our speakers do not make any representation regarding the legal status of any substance in any country, area, territory, or its authorities. The views expressed in this room do not establish any fiduciary, fiduciary responsibility or relationship, and our sponsors do not imply or constitute any endorsement by us or any expression of any opinion whatsoever on the part of any speaker on stage. If you are an easily offended person, Move to Montana. <laughs> oh, yeah, because you won't have any neighbors. <laughs> That's right. At True Classic OG, we live by one motto. Stay true. We stay true to our legacy cut of True OG that's always fresh, piney, gassy, and delicious. We represent the spirit and hustle and diversity of our great city of angels, and we stay true to the spirit of this plant, doing everything in-house to ensure that you get the highest quality and consistency with every batch. And that's what made us LA's favorite OG. True classic OG. Stay true, Los Angeles. Oh, yeah. Coming up next, we have a guest today. That's right. His name is Todd Dankin. That's right. And that is his real name. It's not a made up weed name or anything else like that. Todd founded the National Marijuana News Network and also was one of the founders of Digipath Labs, which is one of the biggest labs in Las Vegas, Nevada. Coming up next, it is the man, the myth, the legend, the Todd Dankin. Putting the dank into Dankin. Thank you very much, Jason. <clears throat> so uh, I have a story out of uh, Topeka, Kansas, uh, from news station WIBW. After the national spotlight was put on Kansas when police ticketed a cancer patient for his use of marijuana to soothe his symptoms, groups around the state will converge at the state house to urge lawmakers to legalize the plants. The ACLU of Kansas, says, of Kansas says that from 10 to 11 tomorrow, Wednesday, February 22nd, a collective of organizations from across the Sunflower State will host a medical marijuana day of action at the Kansas State House. They will call on lawmakers to quickly act to legalize marijuana in the 2023 session. The ACLU indicated that Kansans will share their perspectives on how the prohibition of the drug has compromised their medical care and negatively impacted their quality of life, which exasperates, uh, exacerbates, should I say, suffering from chronic illnesses. The organization noted that uh, many who are sick in Kansas cannot legally access the medicine that their medical providers have determined works best for them, and Kansans who have been impacted will discuss how the government has become an obstacle in getting medical care. <clears throat> This includes the seriously ill, such as veterans with PTSD or cancer patients who find the medical properties of marijuana relieve their pain and suffering without debilitating side effects. According to the ACLU, other speakers will include Sharon Brett, who is the legal director for the ACLU of Kansas, and Barry Grissom, who's a former U.S. attorney for the District of Kansas. The pair will discuss how state laws restrict chances for small business owners how criminalization has impacted those with legit medical needs and 
how criminalization contributes to unconstitutional outcomes. The organization indicated that Kansas is one of the three states left with no legal level for cannabis, even for medical patients. Nationally and statewide, public opinion on marijuana has shifted away from its misinformation of the war on drugs era and further towards acceptance of uses. A uh, 2021 poll found that around 68% of Americans supported legalization, including 83% of Democrats, 71% of independents, and even 50% of right-wing Republicans. The ACLU also noted that the state's restriction on medical marijuana received global attention in December when Hayes police entered a terminally ill Kansas man's room after staffers reported his use of a vape pen. (gasps) A vape pen? And THC paste! Oh my God! To ease the symptoms of the final stages of inoperable cancer that he was suffering from. While the misdemeanor ticket was quickly dismissed, the incident reignited the discussion. According to the organization, marijuana is also a racial justice issue, especially in Kansas. It said criminalization has disproportionately impacted black Kansans as the state ranked 12th for the largest racial disparities in arrest rates for marijuana possession in 2018. Similarly, it said black Kansans were 4.8 times more likely to be arrested for possession of weed than a white person. Lastly, the group said equitable legalization, regulation, and taxation of the drug could provide millions in revenue. With the encouragement of a responsible and sustainable industry, it said Kansas could raise millions in revenue for essential services like roads and schools as new opportunities are created for Kansas farmers. So if you want to go be heard or listen to what's going on in Topeka, Kansas, the group will gather at the south wing of the first floor of the Kansas State House at Southwest 8th and Van Buren in Topeka, 10 a.m. tomorrow, Wednesday, February 22nd. I'm Todd Dankin, and I'm reporting live for High at Nine News. So yet another state, um, you know, struggling through what do we do, what do we do? when all they really have to do is legalize, right? I mean, yeah, but it's Kansas, bro. <laughs> well, if Oklahoma's on board. Kansas should be right behind them. Shout out to Toto. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I, 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 I just feel... I don't know. I, 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 th- I threw this in the chat, so I just, I just want to say it out loud. You know what I mean? I truly believe that if Kansas had a vote for adult use cannabis that the powers that be would use the powers of harp and create a tornado on election day and no one would be able to vote. Amen. You I mean, you don't think that the, the patients in Kansas, <laughs> you don't think people all around the country want to smoke weed. I mean, I do. Yeah, people do. People, people in Kansas I, smoke weed, you know, they're a bunch of farmers and, but it's a bit, but because Topeka and Manhattan are like such big cities with colleges, you know, it's like they got to, you know they have to do what they what they have to do. I mean, it's it's still like one of the strongholds. That in Nebraska, Nebraska. And but would but would this have been such a big issue if they had not arrested that man while he was on his deathbed last year? Yes, like, that, and that was the story we covered here on yeah, High I remember, Nine News. I remember. Yes. So would it have? Would this have even come up um, if no. that incident didn't happen? No. Would it, I mean, would that would it, have, have, it would have come it, up. There's no. Product. It, it, this is all a product of it's the neighboring spe- states legalizing, right? No, like, no, 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 no. It's not. It's specific. It specifically says in the article that the result of this conversation developing onto a larger level is because of the result of the Kansas State troopers going in and raiding that hotel room that that old man was uh, hidden his vape pen in. What is the Phelps family? Phelps family. That's what I said. Hospital room. Yes, hospital room. Where the Phelps is? Oh my bad. The what? The Phelps family. Was was bring the tie it all together, Rico? You know the motherfuckers. They, they they come out and say that everything is against God. He said, Yo, every, you know, "Well, first of all, any any Christian, any any Christian or any Catholic or any God fearing person that says uh, that that tries to use that when they need to go back to the Book of Genesis, where it says that all seed bearing plants are of this earth and to be used." In 2021, they proved that there was cannabis resin um, in the temple that was used um, to make sacrifices. So that's already been. Mm-hmm. And not to mention, it was the burning bush that Moses was walking around with, too. Holla. 
No. Was that a pot plant? That was a pot plant. That was a pot plant. That was definitely a pot plant. That's a pot plant. That's a pot plant. It's all the same thing. It's all cannabis sativa L. Cannabis resin was in the holy anointing oil that Jesus used to heal everybody. That it was a tincture. To Jesus. Hell yeah, it and was. so it was proven because residue of cannabis was found on in, in the temples in Israel. So we know mm -hmm. that it was that he used it. And it was one of those one of the many ingredients used in his holy anointing oil. It was yeah, it was it was weed in that jar. There's traces of cannabis, DMT, psilocybin, and um uh ergot. No mushrooms, though, huh? Psilocybin. No, oh, you said psilocybin. Oh, my bad. My bad. Yeah, All right. Well, that was in church. That that was fun. We got to keep it moving. We still got two more two more important stories to get to. Adam, run that commercial. You want to grow some of the best weed in the world? Then you must start with the best genetics in the world. Go to www.dnagenetics.shop to order regular feminized or autoflower beans. All of your favorite DNA genetics cultivars such as Kosher Kush, Skywalker Kush, and oh yeah, Chocolate Truffle Shuffle. Boasting more cannabis awards for their award-winning genetics than any other company in the world. Remember to go to www.dnagenetics.sh to see why our terps don't lie. I got to be honest. I love seeing marijuana commercials. I think that uh, they need to be on mainstream TV. I love seeing them here, though, Jay. This is mainstream TV, Todd. <laughs> <laughs> they're, on they're on Twitter now. Yeah. Yeah. You got this one, Jason? You, 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 I thought you got this. You're on the list. As I'm on the list. Really? Yeah. I fucked up. Yeah. Man. No. Oh shit. 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 I'm so sorry. Oh my goodness. It is totally my fault. Coming up next. That's right. She is purple plant magic herself. She's a plant medicine advocate, the founder of Purple Plant Magic. And the Encyclopedia on Wednesday mornings on Power 88 in Las Vegas, Nevada, where I'm so surprised Todd Dinkin has never listened to her before, but I'm sure now he will. That's right. It is Nicole Buffon. Rich Risings, everyone. Happy Carnival Tuesday to all of you out there celebrating this last day of Bacchanal before Ash Wednesday. My story today comes from digboston.com. Um, it is Zip Run co-founders talk opening Dorchester and popularity of social equity brands by uh, Chris Farrowone. Far um, so my story today uh, talks to the two owners of Zip Run co-founders, Ellis and Gabe. And they chat um, about their Dorchester-based cannabis delivery company. It's great to see two young Black men be in a position to build this company in a building that is historic in the city of Boston in order to change the narrative. Ellis said about the two-story structure at the foot of the bridge into Quincy. The former Sozio appliance store that was opened there for generations was the backdrop of innumerable local legends, making it a special location for more than just the excellent brand visibility. Opportunities like this don't present themselves too often in Boston, Ellis says. It's been a long haul for the DOT natives, both of whom studied business at UMass Amherst and worked in finance before sliding over to the legal weed biz. They incorporated Zip Run in May of 2019, applied for the delivery license in 2021, and three years later, as of this January, they're finally open, delivering to not just Boston, but also to Quincy, Chelsea, Cambridge, Somerville, Brookline, and Newton. They were, they were weights in their journey, but not much downtime. Before they got to stock the shelves, Ellis and Gabe had to recruit a team. We've had thousands of applications to form, um, they, they said, I feel like we built a culture where our team is genuinely happy to be here. Brittany Kimball, a delivery driver, said that some clients they serve can't leave their home and are, and, or are at least restricted in their mobility. A lot of people don't want to deal with going to a dispensary, so they have a delivery at their door within a few hours. I asked Escobar, another delivery driver who is especially interested in the science behind cannabis, about how her friends and family members react when she tells them about her job. They asked, is it like a trap house? <laughs> 
as Escobar laughed, with Massachusetts, there are so many regulations that it's really not. But it's cool to sit in the vault and feel like you're trapping, she added. People are really interested in how this came to be. A lot of us didn't think that we would live to see the day. While they live to see wreck cannabis, Zip Run still pays homage to the days of illicit sales and parking lot drop-offs. The name and the brand speak for themselves. It's a double entendre. entendre. Um, it's fast delivery, and Zip is also slang for an ounce of weed. We want to be able to take a mixture of the corporate cannabis market and the black market to bring the best of both worlds together to show the acceleration and growth in the cannabis industry. As for what is selling, social equity brands have been flying off of our shelves, Vieira said, specifically name dropping, Major Bloom out of Worcester, Berkshire Roots, Mission and Harbor House as companies whose products have done well with Zip Run. So I wanted to share this story today to show that uh, Boston, uh, even though they are uh, taking their time in, in rolling out their social equity program, I feel like they have taken the opportunity. It's not a fully integrated state. There are different licenses that you can get. And there are people that are able to thrive in this space. I know that um, Black Buddha Cannabis is also selling in Boston uh, and doing very well. And so I like to see this kind of uh, growth for, for black social equity brands and social equity owners in a, in a city in a state in a city like Boston. So this, I'd love to hear what my correspondents have to think about this type of story. This is Nicole Buffon reporting for Hyatt Nine News. Oh, I just love the mass trap house. I know, Nicole. That is that is awesome. And you said you said this is in like an old bank, so it's like an old vault that they're that they're yeah, selling weed out of. It used to be called Sozio appliances it was an appliance store that well, just sounds one, so awesome it is, it is one like that out in uh out in the desert too right um um right jason i thought they just called themselves the bank i don't think it was an actual bank yeah i think they have a cannabis lounge i believe it's like a in an old bank vault I, you know there. in all honesty bro i'm more likely to travel to massachusetts than i am to travel to to the desert <laughs> well, I think I think this is great for Boston. I, think, awesome. um, I love to give these type of Hold on, but shine. When I go to Boston, I know I will be yep. utilizing their services. I'll be at Nikan next month. Um, and Does I'm Boston have adult it. use? Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Because I remember when Massachusetts had had, a, had, a, had a, Massachusetts overall had adult use, and I was and I was there, but none of the shops in Boston were adult use. They were all still medical. Yes, they are. And they had a big problem because that's why it was a big issue that Connecticut just legalized because the majority of Connecticut citizens were like, fuck all that medical booth that you guys are selling. They just went across the border and bought all their shit from Massachusetts. Right. Well, it's an ordinance oh, based thing in that. Massachusetts. It's an ordinance thing like with the city. So like when when some of these facilities were licensed in some of these areas, they were licensed as medical and uh, they don't have an adult use you know, ordinance. So essentially mm -hmm. they're getting some kind of it's it's a weird thing, but it's essentially like a like the sign off that says they can sell adult use product to other stores, whereas, you know, whatever city or municipality they're in and they have their own store, they can only sell uh, medical and maybe their cultivation is um, medical and, and adult use mixed. So it's just, you know, regulations complicate things. I think that's the gist of this whole thing. Yeah, and I, think, I think it's a big win. I think it's a big win for them. I know that when they first uh, started off, um, big shout out to my man, Jimmy Young out there, Pro Cannabis Media, had me on his uh, programming and uh, is uh, this, oh, this melanated, uh, is, let's say melanin deficient individual was on there saying, oh yeah, we got social equity coming out and, um, you know, we're really helping uh, the, the black and brown communities with um, they're going to be pushing forward. Um, they're going to be the only ones with these uh, delivery licenses. And what he, you know, aptly chose to, to leave out was the fact that all of the social equity licenses for these deliveries had to be tied to a brick and mortar store that they could not afford. Um, and the, the margins were razor thin with that, uh, making them prime you know, candidates for a buyout later on for pennies on the fucking dollar for everything that you worked for. So um, they did iron the details out and uh, zip run like big, big shout out to them. They can be the first proof uh, in the put in there. And I wish them the utmost respect. Big ups to them. I, I just like how they spelled zip. Z-Y-P. Z -Y -Y yeah. 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 Mm -hmm. Yeah. We got yeah. we got to roll to the next story, though, Rico. Let's rock it. Let's rock it. All right. <clears throat> We're gonna do an ad, or we're just going. We're rolling. No, we ain't got no more ads. We ran all four. Oh. 
So this patient advocate and 14 plus year industry vets worked in the regulated markets across the U.S. from Colorado, California, Florida, Maryland, uh, Massachusetts, and also New Jersey. He's also an award winning solvent extraction pioneer with fellow dope dad with more belief in the people than the system that he agrees need to be burned down. Saman Rizani. Respect, yeah. respect. Yes, burn it all down. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Uh, you know, no, no surprise here. Maryland's back in the news. And, uh, you know, it's it's funny. It's this is our duplicitous system here. Uh, high Times reports from Thomas Edward. Police are getting people high as part of a stone driving training. Yes, you read that right. Cops in Maryland will get you stone and provide the snacks. Hello. Hello. Okay. All okay. uh, right. Uh, driving while stone. <clears throat> it has been has become one of the more vexing challenges for law enforcement in the era of legalization, with cops across the country struggling to square their jurisdictions' new cannabis laws with their mandate to keep the roads safe. The Washington Post detailed how the police department in Maryland, uh, how a police department in Maryland where voters approved a measure legalizing recreational pot last year are preparing for a potential spike in impaired drivers on the roads. According to the Washington Post, the Montgomery County, Maryland Police Department holds a gathering two to three times per year. Montgomery County brings in marijuana smokers, literally goes to pick them up in police cars and walks them to the tent outside its training academy so they can get stoned. Bags of Cheetos, bottles of water, and plenty of pizza are on the house, the reporter said. Participants are then use, uses test subjects for officers trying to determine whether someone's too high to drive. <laughs> That's not easy. Unlike people who are, who are drunk, those who are impaired can be qualified can, can can be qualified by breathalyzers and blood alcohol tests. It's more difficult to discern with pot. The exercise, according to the post, is increased is increasingly being held at police agencies nationwide. So this is not just a Maryland thing. This is a you know nationwide thing that, that officers are using, which is nuts. Um, as states and cities have lined up to, to, to reform their existing cannabis laws and end their prohibition on pot, law enforcement in those jurisdictions have often had to play catch up. In Virginia, which became the first state in the southern state in the Southern United States to legalize recreational cannabis in 2021, officials began exploring options last year to crack down on stone driving. <clears throat> in quotes, Virginia officials said the oral fluid tests under consideration to detect marijuana intoxication are similar to preliminary breath tests, a roadside test for alcohol. The test results, while not admissible in court, which is a you know something to asterisk there, can help determine when the cannabis was consumed and can be combined with other factors to get probable cause for extensive blood testing. The Virginia pilot report reported in December. The newspaper also said that officials were considering changing state laws to allow roadside screening devices in which officers and deputies can have a driver swab his, his or her cheek in order to gather saliva to test for marijuana and other drugs. In New York, which legalized recreational cannabis for adults in 2021, officials were said to be scrambling last fall as they raced to develop a mechanism to determine whether or not someone is too stoned to drive. Identifying drivers impaired by cannabis use is of critical importance. However, unlike alcohol, there are currently no evidence-based methods to detect cannabis-impaired driving, read a memo from New York Governor Kathy Hochul's office. The stone driving simulations in Montgomery County, Maryland might be the most novel effort yet. The Washington Post story provided an account of a recent session held on Thursday night in January last uh, that lasted nearly four hours. Participants engaged in 30-minute consumption sessions followed by impairment evaluations inside the building and repeated the cycle. During the second consumption sessions, officer asked if any volunteers wanted to add alcohol to the mix. Who wants a Bud Light? Asked Lieutenant John O'Brien, leaning over a cooler. Then he grabbed a large bottle of booze, Captain Morgan. None of those subjects, none, none of those subjects drive home. The return, they return via the cop cars who, who brought them, all hold medical use cards and are reimbursed for the product they ingest. Interesting. The Post said that Mon Montgomery has been a leader in the cannabis labs program, also called Green Labs, which experts say to be operating in nearly 10 states. And that's the story. What do you guys think of this craziness? I mean, did they, did they ultimately come out with the decision that, that people that are stone drivers are better drivers? 
they no, I, they, there's no results, but they're just the fact that like they're they're you know performing this and and actually like putting this I, together. I think that this is this is our this is the answer. We can't keep comparing alcohol to cannabis, and so I think this is the solution. Volunteers come, they hit, do a bit a bong rip, and then they try to figure out what road test determine how impaired you are. Because right now, but how nervous are you anyway? You're just with a bunch of hold cops on, no, no but the, but 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 you're 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 on a test. You're not going to get arrested. But hold on a second, because right. you, you, you said that they're going to have snacks in their trunk, right? They're they're bringing snacks and they're trying to get them so, phosphated. So so hold on. So so as you know, DREs are trained to tell you that if your tongue is green, then you smoked weed. So I'm wondering right. if they're just gonna have all charms, blow pops, and sour <laughs> apple Jolly no, but, Ranchers in the no, trunk. No, but seriously, but seriously, um, we that when I when we first heard about this, the chamber. Um, recommended this type of research to our to Nevada State Police to local Las Vegas Police because mm -hmm. this is how we determine what determines whether or not you're impaired. When we reformed the DUI bill in Nevada um, in 2021, we took out that the, the only determining factor is if you have more than 0.2 nanograms of THC in your system. That was what the law said, and we said yeah. that's not fair. All those right. patients. They have more than 0.2 nanograms of THC in their system. And you yeah. can't determine if that means that you're impaired. And so we no, have to think right. about the way that the law is written. It, it, it really impairs people from being able to drive, get to work, go to school. If you're saying that <laughs> I, I can't drive if I have more than 0.2 nanograms of THC in my no, system. No, for sure. Yeah, hold on. That, that, that can seriously affect Gretchen because Gretchen doesn't get high, <laughs> right? But if she tried smoking weed and didn't get high then she would have those nanograms in her system, but still totally sober. She's high at nine, bro. You're She's the perfect person to try one of these tests, Gretchen. Well, I can I can drive over to Montgomery County. It's not that far and sign up for the next one of these suckers if you would like. <laughs> oh, I would oh, yeah, love yeah, to. Yeah, yeah, no, yes, no, and we, we will send a film crew, Gretchen. We will send a film crew to cover this 100%. Yeah, you should go, Gretchen. Nicole, you should go because you're probably going to be a really bad high skills. driver. Nicole and has I, already seen my driving and I, skills. And I can testify. Allegedly. Hold on, you, you, drop, you, you dropped your sound, Nicole. Gretchen, you Sorry, I, I can go. testify that she, that she can drive <laughs> just fine, even after coughing up her lungs. Okay, okay, well, listen. Did I you guys get pulled she, over? No, no, we didn't. Oh, well, I did the next morning. <laughs> yeah, uh -huh. I thought there was a, hung over. I See, thought she, there was a law enforcement interaction people, somewhere. People do get hung over from weed. <laughs> Were you wearing uh -huh. your I Love Truckers hat, and did they let you go? No, I got a two hundred fifty dollars ticket. Damn. Damn. I know, Arizona, they suck. Um, either way, though, I mean, something has to be done, and I don't know if this is the proper way to do it, but. For law I mean, enforcement to move forward, for lawmakers to move forward, there has to be some sort of test developed to accurately uh, test people's impairment. They, they have one. They have one. It's a video game. It's a little VR thing headset that they put on your put on your uh, put on your Atlas. head, and then it measures how fast your reaction time is with your eyes in the metaverse. Well, it's that's, ob right. that's obviously not as effective as just actually observing people that are high driving because that's the whole the whole situation is they're trying to absorb observe like a group of people and see like what are the what are the little telltale signs, you know, like are are you drifting telltale like signs? I mean, telltale signs, telltale signs that you're high AF. I mean, they, they they've they've already they've already proven a lot of the telltale signs of that 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 stone drivers tend to drive a little bit slower, may stop a little bit longer at a stop sign, um, and it, uh, cannabis consumption does not cr uh, create the same causation that alcohol creates by making For you sure. want to speed and drastically make bad decisions in that regard. But what if you're just a very safe driver? If you're an old elderly person that drives like that, you can be pulled over more often. I don't know, man. I mean, a slippery slope, as you Republicans like to say. Why are you trying to attack seniors, Rico? <laughs> <laughs> Let's wrap this motherfucker. <laughs> all right, thank you all out there for tuning in with us for another episode of the High Nine News. You can always catch us weekdays at 9 a.m. Pacific and high noon on the East Coast. Big shout out to our live audience members and online supporters tuning in and giving us feedback on the daily headlines of chaos, also known as the developing cannabis industry. Our vetted industry correspondent team tuning in from all over the global community, bringing us much needed variety and perspective and adding your respected opinions to the conversation. And to our production team, the wonderful Jaja Simone holding things down over there in Clubhouse, House of Fuego, as well as 
you know, who else we got? We got cloud media partners up in this motherfucker too. And also to the haters. Go out. Just move out to Montana, man. Just, just leave. Just go ahead. And finally, Cannabis Sativa L, you're the sacred reason the Hide9 News team shows up every single day to read these headlines. Thank you very much. It is Tuesday, February 21st. The show is over and you've all been blessed with today's top industry headlines. We hope it was enough to put in your pipe and smoke it at least until tomorrow. My name is Rico Lamit, the dopest dad in the street, signing off. And please remember, when life gives you no place else to turn, you can always turn up. The fuck up. I'm being PC these days.